Hello, my friends, and welcome to the latest episode of Tea with Steve. In this week's episode, we've got a lady who started building her personal brand alongside the fabulous Vivian Westwood. She now is an amazing vocalist and has collaborated with the likes of Michael Bublé. And she's even been endorsed by Prince Charles himself. I think it's fair to say I've got my first celebrity. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Tea with Steve podcast with me, your host, Stephen Thompson. This is the show dedicated to helping you find your heart brand, your purposeful and profitable personal brand. I believe that everyone has a heart brand. It's their authentic self to drive growth in themselves and those around them, which has a positive impact in our world. We are in a who era. The who is being unapologetically you, and that is your heart brand. So join me in impacting one billion lives. Now let's get into the show. Welcome everyone to the latest episode of Tea with Steve. I have Marcella Papini with me today from the Papini Sisters. I mean, she's collaborated with Michael Bublé. She's played on some amazing stages across the world. Um, but Marcella, how are you? Hello, Stephen, and hello, everyone. Uh, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm well. I am I am really well and excited to do this interview with you. I'm reading through my notes and, I'm, and I got excited just writing my notes. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I like that. So could you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, what you've been doing, and then we'll dive into how you've built your personal brand. Of course, yeah. So I am a, I'm a musician. I'm a singer, um, arranger, composer, and lately producer and DJ as well. Mm-hmm. Some strings to my bow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um and um, in 2004, I created, a, a, when I, after I finished music college, I created a, a vocal group, three-part harmony group called the Papini Sisters. And um, we, uh, a year later, we got signed to Universal. Um, we did four albums on Universal. As you mentioned, we um, recorded with Michael Bublé. On, we did duets on two of his albums. And um, we collaborated. We, we all, we've also recorded with Seal and uh, John Barrowman. And um, we were on a re-edition of um, Bing Crosby album last year. So we've done we we've done a lot of very cool collaborations, uh, but we are known in the sort of jazz and swing scene uh, as the queens of close vocal close harmony. Wow! So you're like my first celebrity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am, Stephen. I am. <laughs> All of my other guests will now will now be texting me and messaging me saying hang on because we're, we're celebrities in social I say yeah but I've got like I've got Marcella on my podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh actually yeah because I, I also have um, I, Prince Charles told us personally that he was a fan as did Hugh um, uh, oh my god Hugh Laurie wow yes so yeah. like royal celebrity status then yeah <laughs> brilliant i love it and there's a little secret as well that we haven't quite mentioned okay vivian westwood yes um come on <laughs> so before i decided to take the plunge and become a, a, a full-time musician i had be, uh, been trained in fashion i went to central st martin's college of art and um, got a degree in fashion, and I spent two years in the employ of the great Dam herself um, wow. in the late 90s, and it was two of the two of the best years of my life. It was amazing. Um, sadly, fashion wasn't my vacation, so I had to I had to leave. But yeah, it was amazing. What do you mean, fashion is your vocation? I've seen what you wear. <laughs> yeah, I I love fashion, but. I found myself uh, struggling to get as motivated by others. By okay. pe- people in fashion live live it and breathe it, and they they know so much about it, and they take it so seriously. And I just couldn't. And I uh-huh. always wanted to be a musician, always since I saw La Traviata as a twelve year old, and decided that I was going to be a singer. And I played the piano since I was five. But I've always 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 wanted to be a musician so it's always come back to music for you yeah wow now, now we met about three just three years ago 
yeah. and and to be, I, I from my perspective i think we hit it off really really well and i've been watching your journey over the last three years and i was like okay i've got my hit list of people i want to get on the podcast um and and now you're here so thank you very much i'm very very grateful thank to you have you here me. i was i was quite shocked when you asked me brilliant good i'll take that <laughs> <laughs> What I'd love to talk to you about, though, is how you've what what the journey's been like, because there'll be a lot of people who have been, will have been on. You know, they've started in one place, gone from A, gone to B, jumped over to X, come back to D. And it's and they'll have had a journey where they've tried one thing and they had a passion for it, but their big passion was going somewhere else. They may be scared to go into take the leap like you have done into music and things like that. I'd love to learn a little bit about your journey and then give some guys some advice out there and then find out how you've built your brand because looking from when we first met to now it's been very succinct it's been very very clear um and i'd love to know how you've kept on on that train for want of a better phrase <laughs> um okay so the journey I, I mean i've always been quite an impulsive person so the way that i decided for instance to quit vivian westwood um and and go and pursue my dream was very, I, I made the decision and acted on it on the same day. Um, and I, I didn't think of the consequences at the time. So I, if there's something that I want, I will go for it and think of the consequences later, which has served me very well, but also I'm not gonna lie, it's, it, it's made for some scary times. So um, leaving Westwood without a plan meant that I, I had a year or two of extreme poverty uh, before I, it, I retrained and, and then got myself started to do gigs. And it was, it, I mean, I was eventually an overnight success, but the kind of overnight success that has put in five, four or five years of, of extreme work and study and and hardship um in 2000 so having started my band in 2004 we got signed to universal in 2005 and i, I would love to say that it's been roses and and fun ever since but it's it's uh, it's been rather than being being an upward curve it's been more like a roller coaster okay that's the world the world of music um, so we had a, an, an initial massive success with like being on all the television all around the world and um, lots of like big CD sales. We, we went gold in the UK. Um, but we we hit the uh, we hit the, uh, the our, our big uh, what do you call it record contract yeah. at a time when when things started getting really hard in the music industry it was 2005 that the you know the golden era of the 90s was well well and truly over yeah and already in the 90s bands were being dropped if their first single didn't go to number one so and my flatmate at the time did, had exactly that happen to them so um we we were lucky that that didn't happen to us because we didn't go to number one with our first album. In fact, we never did go to number one, but we steadily continued to grow and grow and grow. And then um, then about um, 2016, having spent years touring the world and everything, things started getting a little bit harder generally in the music industry. And that's when I started considering things from a different perspective, having never ever thought of what I did as a business, I started thinking, well, perhaps it's time to to see what's behind the scenes and see if I can be a little bit more of an agent in my own destiny. Okay, and, and what happened? And that's when I started, um, that's, you know, in 2017, for instance, we met on, yep. um, on that, uh, on a business course. Um, yeah. Before that, I'd uh, I'd followed Marie Forleo B School. Uh, so I've started taking an active interest um, and learning 
about business and and about um, for instance social media marketing. I'm becoming a bit of, mar- of, of a marketer myself. I can see. <laughs> <laughs> and and now I'm learning that all of the things that I was doing in the past, um, for instance, we we were really active on MySpace in the early days. Oh, I love MySpace. MySpace was wonderful. Uh, those innocent days. It was beautiful because it was a time when when it was actually about connect connections. Hundred percent. For for me, MySpace was like the 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 first biggest proper social platform. It was. Um, because I mean, I remember when I was in the police, and my daughter had just been born, and she was born with a congenital heart defect, which basically meant the top half of her heart was backwards. Oh. And she was having surgery at Great Ormond Street, and they saved her life. They literally, they, she had three holes in the heart. The top half of the heart was backwards, and um, within seven weeks, she'd had this surgery, and she was literally from going from from having hugely major heart surgery, and um, she was home in ten days. And she was seven weeks old. You know, Ormond Street are wonderful. They are wonderful people, amazing people. And what we decided to do was myself and my my then wife, uh, we decided to see if we could raise some money for them to 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 give something back. And we did a few fashion shows uh, and things like that with local businesses. And then my ex-wife decided that it would be a great idea for her to i know i'm gonna walk the great wall of china and raise money for great ormond street and i went you're mad i'll stay at the back and, and i'll and i'll um i'll do the, the fundraising and the marketing side of things and, and she got together with a group of friends and they went off and did this um and we've actually used myspace to use i use myspace to build the, the hype and, and the marketing around it and we raised three hundred thousand pounds and that was back wow. in 2003 wow and that was using MySpace, and it was it was and it was literally giving up. It, it was it was doing what I do right now as business, showing behind the scenes, sharing the journey, the emotional piece, the bits that nobody shows to anybody. You know, you know, my ex-wife will hate me for saying this now, but you know, she couldn't use the toilet properly for eleven days, so she was sat on the Great Wall of China going the loo. <laughs> <laughs> But it was it wasn't actually we didn't show that graphic stuff, but it was it was showing the fact that she'd walk for 12 days and she'd you know, she'd take her boots off and they were full of blood and this, that and the other. They wanted to show the actual grind behind what goes on on the glossy side of stuff. And it was everyone supporting that journey and getting behind it. And they were sat around a campfire eating like tins of tuna and stuff. And and it was it was crazy. And I was back at home. Actually, to be fair, I went up to I went up north to see my family and hung out with my mum and the family for 11 days. And we we had a holiday while she was doing the hard graph and I was running it all off a laptop. <laughs> but it was it was then that I got my bug for social and marketing. Even though I was in the police, I just dabbled with it. And it's interesting you mentioned MySpace because I think for me it was a real, it was a real starting block for many people. Oh yeah, and and it was genuine. Like I remember how excited I was every time I discovered a new band. I made in I made lasting friendships. Like for instance, I became friends with uh, David McCalmont of McCalmont and Butler. We met on MySpace. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if you ever heard it's, it's a '90s band. Um, but we became really, really, really good friends through MySpace because that's what that's what happened at the time. Um, I don't find that social media is quite as easy these days because people have more of an angle. But but back then, no one had an angle. It was about connections, and that's when I that's where I learned. And I was ma- mostly in charge of all all of the social media for for for, for my band, and it's. Our brand wasn't created as a brand, like thinking of it in terms of a brand, it was created as, as something that we lived and breathed. Um, and, you know, I, I hadn't been obsessed with, with vintage until then, but, but have, having created this project because of the love of the music, I then had, because of all, all my fashion background, I got really enthused with the idea of of the image and the I, I wasn't using the word brand but you know you put together the music the image and the and the style of performance and delivery and and the and also the voice of that, yeah how you speak on how you express yourself on social media 
Um, so, and that's how the brand sort of developed. It was just paying attention to all the various aspects, but without knowing what we were doing, really. Because, I mean, let, let's face it, you you know, you you ladies have it nailed. I mean, I've, I've you know, I, I love brand. For me, I absolutely geek out on it. I mean, we spoke earlier about the work that I've been doing with Lindsay Boyd. And I do geek out on it. I look at, you know, how it, what it is on the inside, what it is on the outside, how people are speaking. How, is it, is it true? Is it real? Is it authentic? Is it not? Is it, is it manufactured? Mm-hmm. But I look at your social, you know, you, you, I've watched, I was watching some of your Facebook lives the other day and you're just talking at your, in your house and you're having conversations with people yeah. and you show, and you show up no differently online to as how you do in person when we've met. Yeah, that's true. That is I, true. And for me, that brings a, a much better connection when people do see you. Oh, I've seen these online. I've seen this lady here. I've, you know, I've bumped into her in a coffee shop. I've seen her on a business course or I've watched the YouTube channel. You know, it's all very cohesive and and just real and authentic. And I love it. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And, and the, whole, the whole so style. Hard. It would be so hard to do it any differently, though. I, I agree it's just impossible that's what i say to a lot of people every day i say if you uh, my, my whole mantra is about being unapologetically you yeah and that doesn't mean being rude or offensive it just means that you can be you and almost drop your shoulders because the pressure is relieved yeah because when you're being you you can you know it, you don't have to try to be something else you don't have to please everybody you're pleasing the right people the right audience the right connections and your if you want to call it a job becomes much easier yeah it's it's true it and actually it's very interesting because for i remember for a short while at one point um i i was trying to change the voice of 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 well of our brand I was I was trying to be just one thing to to please the people that that see my band as just that one thing okay um, and I was so a lot of a lot of our fans are very actually no I want to say a lot of our fans a portion of our fans are very very conservative and very um and they they appreciate us from the point of view of of um, an antiquated way of being, you know, p- perhaps um, they see us as the kind of women that stay at home, which is we c- couldn't be further from the truth. But we do have that kind of fans. And for a while, I, I convinced myself that those were the only fans that we had. And I felt that we had to appease them. Uh, uh, I don't know why I thought that. So I was I was trying to to sort of change change our messaging a little bit and it I was miserable because of that and and the moment I accepted that actually I I am a very multifaceted individual so for instance even though I'm in a vintage um a vintage group singing jazzy stuff I actually love grime and I I, <laughs> I love that I'm obsessed with grime um, I, you know, back in the day, I used to love drum and bass and jungle. Uh, and I, so I love that side of things. And when I DJ, I DJ at Torture Garden and other fetish places. Wow. And I play G House. And so I I am a multifaceted individual and I no longer hide it now. And I find that the fans actually get quite a kick out of it even the ones that i thought would judge judge me for that okay the uh, and it's so much better to fully embrace who you are rather than trying to to shoehorn yourself into something that you think that people want you to be so what i'm taking from that is that they respect your honesty yeah they do they do, and because of that, other other types of fans have also emerged. Like we've recently uh, discovered that a, a quite a sizable proportion of our of our fan base. But I mean, we have a large gay fan base, but also a transgender. Yeah. And they are completely they completely embrace our unique 
way of of presenting ourselves. It's not that strict vintage thing, but it's 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 a little bit more open and inclusive, and it's wonderful. Okay, so take me down that lane then, because I'm interested now. Well, I'm interested anyway, but I'm interested in the in the level of uniqueness and where. Uh, so, how do you differentiate yourself from traditional vintage type acts? To what what is this uniqueness? Well, um, I mean, I, we differentiate ourselves also in the sense that we were the pioneers of it. So th- there is that. And at the time when we when we were the pioneers in the early noughties, there wasn't such a a, a huge vintage revival and and burlesque and vintage was very much underground so it, it, we weren't part of a scene as much as we helped create it but it, after, it, it seems that more and more um, now there's a, having gone to a lot of vintage festivals and having spoken to a lot of people it seems like a lot of the people that embrace that lifestyle embrace it like they're almost reenactors yeah and they truly wish to go back to to uh, the 1940s or the 1950s. And I, I'm always flabbergasted when I hear that because I'm thinking, well, so you want to go back to the war or you want to go back to post-war when, when things were pretty grim, really? It just seems like there's a lot of idealization of, of, of the old days. And I... I could not be that could not be further from the way that I feel I feel I like the fantasy yes yeah get it I totally get it but yeah it's more like I more like a Blade Runner version of it you know it's not yeah. it's it's a cute I see it as a futuristic um aesthetic rather than embracing that I am very much part of this of this century i love technology um i love progress um even though it has it comes with its issues but i yeah i just don't i don't get the the espousing all those vintage ideals wholeheartedly and a lot of the groups that have that have followed in our in our path seems to embrace that sort of giggly girly submissive ideal and i i just i can't abide that see i i relate to where you're going with this because my other half she loves vintage she loves getting dressed up in it i mean not very often we don't do it very often but she you know we i mean whereas not last actually it's gonna be quite quite a while ago now actually i think it was a couple of years ago it was valentine's there was a friend of mine owns a a hotel local to us and they had this burlesque evening on and it was absolutely fantastic she was like right we're going or you know she dressed up in her element but she's very much taking like you said the fantasy element of the dressing up and living the maybe a small portion of it but bringing that into today because And I, and I see a lot of people who are taking the for me, it's like the best bits of history and bringing them in, into the modern world. And that's what I'm seeing through your social. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's definitely I mean, I, I've and I've always said that, that it, it's what we are recreating is a, a complete fantasy. It's it's that Hollywood, even at the time, what we know from the films of the era are Hollywood's fantasy of of that period it it never existed um like at that time in italy where i where i was born we had um we had realism in cinema so that's where you see what it actually was like yeah um and it's it's not at all the kind of the kind of thing that people imagine it was you know joan joan crawford did not depict a realistic version of of the 1940s (laughs) (laughs) so how have you then so have you taken the best bits of the of the 40s brought them into where we are today and and how have you done that to build the brand of you and the brand of the papini sisters on social media we well it certainly all starts from the music which is you know that that's that sort of swing music um 
it's it's always had great appeal because it's it's bouncy, it's positive, it's fun, it's infectious, it's syncopated. So it's also quite cool. Um, our singing is extremely rhythmic, rhythmical, and it just I don't know, it just puts people in a good mood. So that is the starting block, and then the 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 whole fashion element of it you the playing around with it, it to me it's like playing around with the the dressing up box like you you take all of the best elements from from the 30s the 40s the 50s uh, you know the cinched waists and the 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 red lips in a way what we're doing is 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 drag <laughs> and I love both to be fair <laughs> so keep going tell us more it's, it's just a, it's a tongue-in-cheek reinterpretation it's it's cosplay it's drag it's it's done for fun rather than seriously wanting to to to, like I mean, a lot of a lot of um, the people that do the vintage thing seriously love wearing corsets and garter belts and and bullet bras, and, and I find those things incredibly constricting and and unnecessary. To me, that look is all about an illusion. So. There's different ways of, of cinching the belt that don't require a corset. And we, I don't know, it's, it's, it's just taking the, the, the most fun elements and then reinterpreting them, for instance, with different materials. Or like if, if I'm designing costumes for our, for our shows, I, I may not necessarily look at Joe Crawford or Beth Davis. I might look at The Hunger Games. Because they, because the costumes from the Hunger Games are, they they have elements of the past, of of that kind of silhouette. Yeah. But they also are completely modern. So I, I when I designed our costumes for, for when we did the Graham Norton show with Michael Bublé, I actually was looking at um at one of the costumes in the Hunger Games that was inspired by a kimono but also 1940s so there's a little bit of Rachel from from uh, Blade Runner and a little bit of um, of designers from the 80s uh, like Thierry Mugler it's just a it's it's playful and it's certainly current it's not at all from the 1940s I love it. I love the way you've you've you know you've taken okay some some say maybe some inspiration from the forties, brought it into something that is relatable with other people, as in the Hunger Games and things like that, and is a little bit modern. It's got your own twist and your own vibe on it, and then you wear it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you literally you're walking the talk. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I once, if you can imagine, I I went to a I was invited to be a judge at a dressing competition like vintage dressing competition at a vintage festival and the winner won on the strength of of the stitching on their suit this was right. a male dress like the, the, some people are so literal about it and I just don't I don't get that at all for me I'm quite happy to wear um, and in fact I do wear um, PVC and rubber in but in the context, in the context of a vintage look, right? Okay. So, how are you bringing that to social? Is it images? Is it video? Are you storytelling? What is, what's your, you know, your preferred way? We like um, to do video a lot. Um, so, we 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 tend to we get together once a month, once or twice a month, and and film a whole bunch of uh, of videos. And generally, it's it's us singing. So for a while we were doing singing to green screen and then and then using silly backgrounds. Um, we often also do. Uh, I mean, I do, I do a weekly uh, Facebook Live, but we also do little messages. Um, and it's all about. It's generally about being 
slightly silly, tongue in cheek, having fun, but also creating a community for our fans. And our fans now, thanks to also a Facebook group that we started about a year ago and the, and the weekly live, our fans are being, becoming friends with each other. Yeah. Like, like they used to in the old days when we used to have a forum on our website and we were active on MySpace. Um, we, they, they've, they've started to befriend, befriend each other. And like, for instance, at, at one of our gigs at Bury St. Edmunds in May, there's, there's a whole, the, the, the whole front row is being taken up by a group of people that have met through us and that are going to the gig together. And, and there are people from very different walks of life coming together and becoming friends. And that is that is the thing that I hold dearest in what we do, that our social is creating friendships. I love it. For me, social media is hugely about community. Um, and I like that. Well, I, to be fair, I like that you're actually doing what I teach people to do client wise. It's 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 reassuring that you're doing this. You've you've, you've got your own journey. You've learned what what works for you. But for me, you know, you're getting together. On, so let me just summarize it. You're coming together once a month and you're 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 doing videos and you're batching your content. Yeah. And then are. you've yeah. and then you've got your weekly Facebook live from your house and then you've built a community online and then you've got your Facebook group and they're all becoming friends. Yes. Yeah. This is exactly what happens with my Facebook group. So I, I, I literally, I batch my content. So, so as you know, this will go out in a few weeks time. Um, I do regular Facebook lives, um, literally pretty much every day I do a Facebook live, but what I do is I, I go in, I have a Facebook community and I am serving my community all of the time to, and I'm asking them what they want. It's different cause I'm marketing and you're performing. Um, but it's all about community and friendships. Yeah, it is. It is. In fact, in, in that, in a sense, there is no difference because it, the the results are the same. You create a community, and and people people are so invested in that community now. And and we also foster the kind of the kind of friendships that have that are incredibly inclusive. And finally, having had a a period that was getting me down thinking that that we had that our fan base was very conservative i've now completely come around because there are friendships being being formed amongst people that you would not necessarily think could be friends i love it i love it and i'm going to get a cheeky plug in here for you okay so you're performing in Bury St Edmunds in may yes because that's half an hour from my house. Ah. So whereabouts in Berry are you playing? I am going to tell you now. It's it's the apex in Berry. The apex. Right. I'm going to do some googling. I'm going to put that in the show notes. I'm because I have a large audience in in, in Norfolk. So ah. why not share that with them? Indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the first of May that we're there. I need to have a look at my. Don't day. worry, I will Google that within an inch of its life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, we're going on a, on a nine dates tour um, in April and May for, for any other. So, yeah, that's one of them. So, your personal brand is it different to the Papini sisters, or is it just that you leverage one or the other to support the other? How how are they working? Um, the Pupini sisters. I see the Pupini sisters as one facet yeah. of of my personality. So um, my personal brand is is slightly broader in as much as as I've mentioned, I um, I have very very different tastes as well as I mean I love jazz. I mean I love old jazz swing and um, like for, up to the 1950s big band stuff yeah and, and i love um but i also love as i said grime hip-hop drum and bass um and i i also um, love much more much darker stuff so i'm a massive nick cave fan so for a while i used to have a um mini orchestra that i composed and conducted for and and i was the front person as a singer so it was a an all-female mini orchestra performing very dark um and very yeah very 
dark and punky kind of songs. So that, but that was another facet of my personality, which I uh, intend to bring back. Um, and I like to DJ. So I just see it all as as ex expressing what what I am and what I love without any particular agenda. I love that. I like the fact that you say there's no agenda. It's just expressing who you are and what you love. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to steal that for a quote. <laughs> <laughs> so for people that are listening, because we're going to have a lot of people who are, are scared to work their personal brand. Um, and for me, like I said earlier, it's about being unapologetically you. And you clearly do that. What is your advice to people when they're starting on that journey or they want to put their toe in the water? Or in, in what I'm seeing right now around me is a lot of people are rubbishing a personal brand. And what I'm seeing is they're rubbishing it because, one, they don't know how to do it. Two, they don't understand the value of it. And three, they're scared to show who they are. Yeah. And look, it is scary. It is scary. And um and it, it it makes things it can make things slightly hard work like because you actually no I, I said hard work but that's not the word it's it's just it's just a little bit frightening to completely come out and say ta da I'm here but at at the same time I mean the first thing that I would say is I'm 100% happier when I completely em embrace myself rather than for for the short time that I tried to shoehorn myself into something in, into a into a mask really yeah. which I did I did do it because every now and again we get scared and we retract into something that we think we ought to be um I did that and I was miserable miserable so I, having embraced myself, I'm much happier now than I than I was at that point. Um, so that that is one huge consideration. But it is scary to because you you never know what your what reaction you're going to get. But I I've had abuse even when I wasn't being myself. So that's always going to happen. If you if you put yourself out there, you there will always be abuse as well as love. You're gonna get both. So you might as well get abuse and love for who you are rather than for some what, mask. Yeah, rather than for what you're not. Yeah. Because you can't for me, you can't maintain that facade. Um I remember when I when I started my agency, you know, and I'm not a, a local to Norfolk. Um, I from the Northwest originally, you know, I don't have the, the local accent, although I've picked it up a little bit. Um, and I'm not, you know, I, I wasn't brought up in, in, in Norwich and Norfolk, but I remember when I started the agency. So nearly seven years ago and I, I was working at a radio station and I built my personal brand there and used that to leverage to build, bring on radio clients and then realized that I actually have something here, got a coach, got myself and set my own business up, was live within eight months. What I found when I was putting content out and I had an opinion, I was getting trolled. Now, yeah. I know a lot of my my clients and people who follow me are very scared of that happening to them. But what I found was I was, do you know what? Yeah, troll me if you want. But I'm being nothing but me. I'm being, I, you know, and even during that period of finding me, um, you can handle the negativity because you are being completely and utterly honest. You're, you know, you're, I suppose you're, you're speaking from your soul. You're giving value. You're doing the right thing. Um, it's not as if you've, I've, I'm just, you know, oh, no one likes this part of this thing that I've made up. If they don't like you. Um, I actually think that's quite a good thing in some respects because then you don't have to work with these people. You don't have to please these people. We're not going to like everybody. No. And, and no. for me, I'd rather work with the people that get me, that like me, that um, want to work with me. Uh, and, and, work, and, and I then serve the correct audience. Yeah. And look, trolling is a sad reality of, of uh, this age. Um, it may change. I, I actually sometimes... I like to fantasize about where uh, 
where we could be going as as you know as human be as the human race and i'm thinking after so, like a, a now 10 to 20 years of, of the internet well 20 years <coughs> yeah good 20 years internet. now um and and the and now we we seem to have reached the peak of of uh, of discomfort online i i I can't imagine that it can go in the same direction. It can continue to go in the same direction. I think we all feel that we would like a little bit more of a, a loving attitude towards each other, going back to talking to each other rather than just trolling. And I, I, I honestly believe that things are going to change. There's enough people that want it to change. But at the moment, it's how it is that trolling exists. And it should not be a reason not to live. I agree. <clears throat> I agree and absolutely love it. And I think you, you've, you, you've hit a really poignant point with us being a, a peak of discomfort. There's so much negativity online. And then I, you know, I was, I was doing an audio for somebody yesterday and we were talking about how actually people are blaming social media for all of this when actually it's maybe not so much social media it's maybe so much how people use it well i mean it, it it's social it's social media in as much as it's the social media is the medium for, yep. so if it didn't exist we wouldn't be able to but of course if it's not it, it social media doesn't cause it 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 just it's just made it possible it distributes it it facilitates it as as human beings we have choice and we and we take actions don't we yeah yeah and and i think that change comes from when people have had enough yep so i i now for the last few years like five five years if i ever have a conversation with somebody online about something that i that we disagree with i I'm always very careful in my language, and that's the beauty of social media. Also, that because it's written, you you can think about what you're writing. I also always, always, always check my what I've written three or four times to make sure that I haven't said anything that is remotely judgmental of them. So I, it's it's actually helping me become more articulate in expressing my opinions and more respectful whilst disagreeing so it's 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 changing me in a positive way and i think it's going to happen to others as well i love that that's a perspective that i've actually not heard from anybody before you know the <laughs> fact that you're taking you're, you're more conscious about what's going online therefore you're articulating it in a certain way you're checking what you've done because all i'm hearing at the moment from a lot of people is do you know what they're just go, they're going to social and ranting yeah you know yeah. And, pe and people are losing their jobs over it because people are then reacting um, but you're taking you're you're doing what I, you know i've said you know, if, if you get if you get something online you want to have that conversation put the phone down go away put the kettle on and then come back and respond from yeah. a different perspective. Take a time, take time to breathe. And I love the fact that you know you're saying you're doing that, and it's making you more articulate, and you're expressing yourself in a in a more what's the word I'm looking for? There's a word I'm looking for now, and I can't think of it. But it's more, <laughs> I suppose, more definite, a more precise way, so you're yeah. you're getting I'm, the right message across. I'm going for debate as opposed to just ranting and there's yeah. a there's a profound difference and debate is what needs to come back um in fact I, I've, I've been ma making it my mission on the side to to talk to people in a, in a way that never for instance i i will never say you are or use any adjective to to refer to the other person that i'm speaking to if i'm using an adjective like to say I don't know, your point is perhaps a, a, a little bit misconstrued. Um, I, I would never refer it to the person, I would refer it to, to the particular point. And actually, no, I, would, I don't use adjectives, because I think a lot of what you see online at the moment is you are. Yeah. You are. No, you don't know what that person is. You, and and that what needs to change and and I'm making it my mission. Even though more often than not I will I'll, I'll 
articulate a point that takes, I don't know, 400 words. And recently somebody replied with lol and a tumble tumbleweeds meme. So <laughs> I, I don't always get met with, uh, with the same level of, um, uh, uh, with the same approach. Yeah. And some, and I will admit it, I, every now and again, I've not been perfect and I may have used sarcasm which is also a very silly thing to do. I know, but sometimes, I mean, I, I, I am guilty of that. I, I do like a little bit of sarcasm. But it, um, doesn't, it doesn't work. And I, I'm actually also trying to stop that because really what needs to happen and what I'm really, I, I'm, I'm gunning for is to, is to reopen dialogue. Mm. And and to make it like I remember once when I was in school, I'm I'm veering off topic a little. No, bit. keep going. But when I was in school, I remember being given a um an, an essay to to write an essay title that was, and it was uh, the the words of a famous Italian politician or something, and it it said, "I will fight to my death to protect your your opinion, even though I profoundly disagree with it." And wow. that, that's what, yeah, that's what I grew up with. Um, we, the idea that ev- everything is is open for debate and everybody should always be able to express their opinion without being shot down, but also expressing them in the way that it would have been done in the agora in Greece, you know, like with with articulacy and 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 with making a point with trying to make an actual point rather than just ranting so is that something you think is coming or should be used or is it just something you're 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 diving back into well that's my personal mission mission as a as a person i'm not making it part of my brand but as a as a human being that is my personal mission mission but i think that i cannot be alone in thinking that and therefore i i do think it's coming. I do think that people have an appetite now for, for something new and they don't want to open Facebook and see you are all idiots every two seconds. Yep. So just touching on Facebook, because Facebook's a big platform for you guys. I mean, you've got like 136,000 followers on your Facebook page. Yes. Is that your primary place for your social media and your personal brand or your brand as such? There's, there's yeah. much personal is that yeah. with Instagram a close second right okay so how are you how are you working both of those platforms for people that are listening well we post daily um once a day no more um and it's usually we we always ask questions because we always want to engage in conversation um I mean, I say we always ask questions. We we ask as many questions as possible. We, for instance, also like yesterday, I, I posted some T-shirt designs that I'd done for for our new album release, and um, asking people which one they preferred. And people love being asked questions like that. They they loved they love being part of the process. Um, so. Yeah, when I say asking questions rather than what did you have for, for breakfast yesterday, we, we yeah. ask them questions about what we do, what they think of it, what what they would like. We asked um, when, when we were preparing the arrangements for our new album, we asked them what they would like us to, to sing, what kind of... The, the new album that we've just done is all dedicated to swing dancing so what dances they enjoy doing because a lot of our community are also dancers so, so yeah it's it's like we involve everybody into what we do in in a way that has made it so that they feel that they're doing it as well that it's okay. not our product it's theirs so community again yeah absolutely and so how are you finding building and i'm saying building because instagram is the bane of my life i think it's a fantastic tool but it's changed so much and i was having a conversation with a good friend yesterday who is a um, a fashion stylist for celebrities 
and the conversation we had was loves the platform it's great as a shop front or window for people to come and see into what he does but the platform he now distrusts because of the, the amount of changes the way it's you know god forbid we say the word algorithm um, <laughs> but the fact that it's being leveraged so that people can monitor or facebook or instagram can monetize uh, the platform to you know, literally just to sell ads and yeah. i'm just like how are you guys finding instagram um I, to be honest both facebook and, and instagram we're finding quite tricky yeah I, I mean having been on facebook for much longer because it's existed for much longer i remember the days when everybody would see our posts and yeah. And back then, we were going through a phase of being a little bit less active. So sadly, we didn't make as much use of it as as we as we uh, could should have. But I, like when we crowdfunded for our last album, not the one that we've just done, the one before, we didn't do any advertising and we didn't have a mailing list, and we raised only fifteen grand more than less than we did for this one which we've done with a sizable mailing list and with advertising so okay. things have changed massively the, the reach in the past was huge co compared to what it's now now it's beginning to be what it was always intended to be which is a marketplace yeah and <clears throat> for it's much trickier it's it's easier for us on Facebook because having done it for longer, we the algorithm likes us better. Yeah, I mean, you've got a huge audience on there. Yeah. Yeah, and Instagram, I do find tricky, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it, the, the growth is extremely slow. And and it, and it we don't like to, to advertise to grow it, to spend money on, on acquiring likes. Yep. And therefore, therefore, it, it is slow. But um, because we use it for conversations with the audience that we already have, it's fantastic for that purpose. And also because it looks great. So it's a nice window, as your friend said. Yeah, it does. It, you know, the, the, both the platforms work well. Um, as long as you're putting, I find, good quality content on them. I mean, I'm now scrolling through your Facebook page and I've got your Instagram on my phone. I'm looking and thinking the content you're doing looks very good. It's clean. Um, it, in some respects, some part of it is polished, but some a, a lot of it is real. You know, there's pictures of you guys in your outfits with pom-poms on. I'm like, I love that because it shows it's real. It's behind the scenes. You've got your Facebook Live um, and it's you talking to camera and, you know, and it's, it's had 1600 views it's had 76 comments it's had loads of shares and people are engaging with the real side of you and i love that yeah yeah and i i was scared about doing it um because up until i started doing doing the facebook live the the regular facebook live we'd only ever done um face, facebook lives as as a three and in costume yeah rather than you know being real at home and therefore it, it was it's an entirely different thing like that it was like being on stage it was an extension of being on stage whereas what i'm doing every tuesday is i'm inviting people in my living room and chatting as you said yeah so and how's that going how is the personal piece going on a tuesday do you keep is it regular on a tuesday yeah every single tuesday at 6 p.m brilliant and what is it what type of things are you sharing with people i usually talk about what's just been happening so this tuesday i was talking about uh what happened at the weekend talking about because i had a really long weekend uh, starting on friday night um going out for valentine's with my husband and then going straight to dj at torture garden until 4 30 in the morning and then the next day uh, my my two colleagues came over because we were preparing a four course dinner for some fans who contributed to our crowdfunding campaign. So I love that. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> so I told them all about the menu and yeah, it's it's basically little snippets of life a day a day in the life of a Papini sister, really. Tully, if I was inviting people into my house, I think the other half would have to do the cooking because uh, at best <laughs> I could do is steak. 
steak <laughs> or a pie it's <laughs> being cooked in this house too but uh, no, i'm actually we're actually making a cookery book because from day one of, of this band we, we started meeting at my house for lunch and so the first thing that we would do whenever we got together would be to have a massive lunch and then we'd start rehearsing and this was even back in 2004 and it's it, so eating together has always been a central part of our of our band, and um, and and now it's time to to do a cookery book based on that. I love it. I really, really do. It's really interesting because I've connected with um, two ladies in personal brand in Australia, and their thing, like mine, is tea. Hence my brand, Tea with Stee. Um, everything I do. My, my my theory is if you can have a cup of tea with somebody and have a conversation. And maybe a slice of cake you can do business with them yeah it's because true. you're because you're having that level of relaxed personable relationship it's like it's just the same as eating with somebody if yes. you can go through that process and enjoy that process chances are when it comes to business even the hairy moments you're going to be able to get through those and have a good relationship if you can't if you literally cannot stomach a cup of tea in um, 10, 10 minutes in someone's company there's no point doing business with them yeah it's true and i you can tell so much about a person from how from what they like to eat and how and how they appreciate food so for instance i mean uh, uh, this may not go down so well with your listeners i don't know but i go for it i am obsessed with offal okay like i i'm I, i'm a carnivore as, as an omnivore um and i i believe that if you eat a bit of an animal you should be able to eat everything and not waste any of it so I I was raised like as baby food my mum used to give me um brains okay calves brains um this is you know Italy it's different then yeah no I get it I get it um and I really like others that aren't squeamish about about eating offal so I, I will bond with somebody based on the fact that they that they eat awful and the my, and my band members are those kinds of people wow <laughs> that wasn't something i thought we were going to talk about today <laughs> <laughs> you bond over tea i bond over over brain. everything else <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know what i have really really enjoyed our conversation and i'm sure that all our listeners are, are going to be having tons of questions and taking tons of value from it uh, before I uh, sort of wind the podcast up, do you mind if I ask you a few more questions? Please do. So what do you wish you'd known when you first started out? When you got on this journey of your personal brand and the Ponini's, um sisters <laughs> and what have you, what would you wish you'd known? Um, oh, that's such a good question. I wish I would have known from day one that I, that if, I, the power could be in my hands rather than in rather than depending on other people's whims um, for instance I always believed that you have to be signed to a label and then I got signed to a major label my dream came true but there are many aspects of being signed to a major label that I found very 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 difficult um, in like I, I did not relish the idea of being a product okay rather than a creator so I in a way I wish I'd known back then that I could have been 100% in charge of my own destiny and and my own trajectory rather than depend on other people that's really interesting I, I like the product I like the product creator piece there because we're all taught, you know, we've been on business courses together and what have you, and it's product, 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 product. Yes. And I'm thinking, I get that, but actually with what you do, it's very much that you are, you have to create the product rather than it's made like this, this is it, it's a book, it's a service, it's a, no, the creative, there's so much more that goes into what you do. And so when you are the product, it, yeah. <laughs> You don't want to find you. You don't want to find out that you are actually a product, because it be, can become like that. You okay. can be seen as a commodity. Mm. 
so yeah what are you curious about right now oh <laughs> i i love learning about um anthropology and okay. and humanity like the, the, the development of, of our culture i mean which is what anthropology is really so um I've been listening to a lot of uh, podcasts by Yuval Noah Harari, who's a historian who wrote a book called Sapiens. Yes. A massive sensation. Yeah. So yeah. I listened to his podcasts. I listened to um, Throughline, which is another podcast, a podcast that talks about how things come to be. So yeah. I, was, I was listening to the American opioid uh, uh, epidemic the other day, and how and how that came to how that came to be, and and it's always interesting to see unintended in, uh, unintended consequences and connections between things. So that's yeah, anthropology and and sociology are what really really fascinates me at the moment. Awesome. When is this book coming out? This cookery book as well. Because I was going to go into books, but I'm, going to, I'm asking when your cookery book is going to come out. We are, uh, we're still working on it, so I don't know. We, we, are, the first thing that's going to happen is that um, the people that can, pledged on our campaign and 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 chose that as their reward and paid a lot of money for it will get some spe- special handmade copies of the book. Um, with illustrations done by us as well. Fantastic. Um, and then after that, we are going to um, w- when the when the book is actually a thing, when it's a, it's an actual product that exists, we're going to take it to publishers and and see if anyone wants it. And if not, we'll self-publish. But that means that it's an, at least a couple of years in the making. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you reading right now? What is it you're consuming? Um, at the moment, I'm reading Asimov's um, iRobot. Ah, okay. I'm really into, um, I'm very much into dystopias and I'm very much into sci-fi. So, and, and horror as well. So that's my current one. I am learning so much about you, Marcella. <laughs> I really am. He's zombies. I'm obsessed with zombies. <laughs> wow. Okay. So for my listeners that have literally been bamboozled in some respects, in awe in others, and have had their minds blown, what would be your <laughs> key takeaways? The three three or four things that people should be considering, if not doing, when they're looking at building the brand of themselves in 2020. I would say the the first thing to think about is what makes you happy and like what way of being makes you happy. And that always uh, requires getting in touch with oneself and what you actually love, reconnecting with things that you just do for passion. I love it. Thank you ever so much. My final question, and I ask everybody this question, whether they do or don't, how do you take your tea? I don't. Oh, I've just been crippled. I'm really sorry. Yeah, I don't. I I, I drink um, herbal teas. That's tea. It's still tea. Okay. So I, I like robust tea. Ah, excellent. Do you know what? It's really interesting you should say that because I was contemplating, do I have builders or do I have a robust tea? Because uh-huh. um, I have a tea supplier in North Norfolk and I will give them a little shout out. It's the Folly Tea Rooms in North Norfolk. And um, and she, and we, I went to meet her the other day, um, Judith, and she said to and she said to me, you know, do you fancy some cake? Because she owns a tea room in North Norfolk. And I said, do you know what? Let's have some carrot cake. She said, what tea would you like? I said, what will go well with it? And she has a um, a caramel chai rubus. And I was like, wow. And oh. I had some of that with a lovely piece of cake. It's, the best. <laughs> it's like it's like wine. And, you know, it's like having dessert wine. Uh, yes. tea, tea is the same with with food. I'm I'm completely getting obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm afraid I'm obsessed with coffee, so I'm, I'm the enemy, I suppose. No, not at all. Not at all. I'll let you have that one. You drink <laughs> you drink fruit teas and things like that, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you off. <laughs> <laughs> Marcella, it's been absolutely awesome having you on the podcast. Where can everybody find more about you and uh, the, and your band? The band is uh, at www.thepapinisisters.com and yep. Papini is spelled Papa U, which I don't know how you say Uniform. It. Uniform. Papa Papa India November India. Yep. Sisters, you know how to spell. Yeah, thepapinisisters.com. Um, I don't currently have a Marcella Papini website. Uh, that's in, the, that's coming. And yep. That'll have more about me as a person as a brand a personal brand rather than the band cool well what i'll do is i'll put all your um social media links in the show notes i again i am very very grateful it's been so much fun and we must do this again and definitely get you you back on when the uh, when you re- release the cookbook yeah yes that would be awesome maybe you'd all like to come on that would be yeah that would be fabulous we'll that'd, do that that'd sure. cool that'll be that'll be that'll be real fun yes yeah awesome right i'm gonna leave you in peace thank you ever so much for coming on and i will speak again soon thank you so much for having me no worries take care now bye-bye bye-bye well my friends i don't know about you but what i took from that was do not be afraid to be you we all have our own uniqueness i would call it weirdness or authenticness it's your heart brand and really if you can dive into who you are what you do what you love you will find so much more opportunity around you and if you literally lean into that find your i suppose your tribe your vibration however you want to put it whether you're woo woo or a little bit holistic like me find what suits you and then find the audience that love what you do Go out there, have an impact, and be completely authentic and help others around you grow. If you pay it forward, it will come back to you tenfold. Please be under no illusion. What you put out there, you get back. Now, you know the drill, guys. Get out there. Share this with one person and have a positive impact on their life. Pay it forward, my friends. You know you're going to get what you give. So my friends, remember to take a screenshot of this episode and tag me in your Instagram stories and your tweets at Mr. Steve Thompson. Also, let me know where you're tuning in from. We want to know how far across this planet we are impacting a billion lives. And let me know how this episode has had an impact on you. If you haven't already, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave me a rating and review on iTunes because it really does help us to reach more people so we can help them build their heart brand and build the business of them. Enjoy the rest of your week. It is full of opportunities. Remember, be authentic, have an impact and continue to grow. Take care, my friends. I'll see you on the next episode.